The flyover state sports show is for a mature audience. It contains strong language and adult situations. We do not own the rights to any audio of the podcast. Viewer discretion is advised. Is this on? Welcome back to the Flying State Sports Show. I'm very tired. Uh, host Sam Long, and I'm joined by my friend, my cohort, Caleb the Beans, soon to be married in about one week, week and a half. Tweet, tweet. We got a foul flag on the field. You are too far away from your phone. Sam, you are too far away. We're going to have to have you line up just a little bit closer to your phone. Like, you can't be having that. NFL says you can't be that far away. I'm so confused. Juwan, I'm, I'm making a Juwan Taylor joke. I'm sorry. I thought maybe you would understand that. No, I, I didn't because I do not care about Juwan Taylor. <laughs> I do not care about... You know, I thought that this was an actual thing to where, you know, I'm on my phone because I'm a dumbass and my computer has a virus <laughs> now. So yeah. Flagging me for not being able to hear me. Because <laughs> we've been talking for the last half hour about nothing. Speaking of nothing, everyone, if there are some guests who end up appearing on this show... It is because Caleb and I just made a trade. It is a gift for his wedding from me to him. Dak Prescott, a first round pick, a second round pick, and many third round picks for Justin Herbert and Isaiah Pacheco. The prodigal son returns, best player in fantasy football because he wasn't drafted. Yeah, that was uh, quite the trade. I don't know how I feel about it at the moment. I think it it sets me up for further success later on with a good quarterback still. Good-ish quarterback. I probably throwing away my complete future in a haste to, uh, you know, compete sooner. But I now have a Ferrari at quarterback in Justin Herbert, and I hate that because he only threw for one touchdown. Deshaun Watson at least gets rushing upside. And, you know, Deshaun Watson ever puts back his career together, then, you know, we are good. But that's enough of fantasy football. We are just preparing everyone for if any guests come on. This show is supposed to go KU, K-State, Kansas State Chiefs, and bullshit at the end. But it could be derailed at any moment by anyone. It's going to be a good time. I'm excited. Well, Beans, we love a winner on this show, correct? We love you because you're winning at life and you're getting a wife. We love me because I win at losing in fantasy football. And, that win. and we love Gavin because he's a winner in the housing industry with all of the makeup what, and all what, of that. What, what, what's he doing today? Is he replacing his windows? Sure. He's replacing his, he's, he's, uh, you know, making the glass from scratch. He has, Oh, that's right. He got the sand. He's going to go get the sand and somehow turn it into glass. I don't know how that process works, he but had, he's going to do it. Yeah. The sand imported from the Valley of the Kings in Cairo, Egypt. I think that's where the Valley of the Kings is. So he has the finest sand from 
the Valley of the Kings, and now he's making glass. Good for him. Uh, I am now getting questioned on what Herbert's stats are without Mike Williams. That's <laughs> career because Mike Williams is always hurt. <laughs> um, I don't know. Was it a bad trade? I I, I don't know. I think you. I think we both did fine. Got it. Dallas doesn't seem hell bent on passing the ball at all, and they are terrible in the red zone. I don't know. Anyways, yeah. enough about our trade. We love winners on this podcast, and who has won more in this area in football than the University of Kansas Rock Shocking Jay Hawking, whatever? Ah, he has found it. Justin Herbert has a passer rating of 95. I refuse to believe that he's only played six games without Mike Williams. That seems um, way too fucking low. No I, way. You know what? I'm on my phone, so I can't respond. But can you put in the chat that, I, that I'm surprised Mike Williams has only missed six games? This is like Herbert's fourth season, isn't it? Yeah. You're telling me that Mike Williams played We've been playing 17 games for three seasons now. Has it been three or four? Or has it been two or three seasons we played 17 games? This will be the third season. Yeah, so 17, 34. So you're telling me that Mike Williams has only missed 10% of the games in the last three years? I'm, I'm throwing a challenge flag on that. Maybe last year. I mean, Mike Williams was relatively healthy last I, I don't know, whatever. Doesn't matter. That's why they drafted Quentin Johnston. Yeah, I don't know. That doesn't make sense to me. Anyways, back to the, the Rock of Chalks. It was a bad... You know what? I know that Travis wanted to trade for him, too, because you told me. <laughs> Sorry, Travis. <laughs> he, so, Sam had more draft capital. Anyways, uh... Whatever. It's fine. I hate it here. Anyways, back to the University of Rock Chalk, Jayhawk, go KU, blah, blah, blah. The University of Kansas played Brigham Young University in BYU's first ever Big 12 conference game. And the Jayhawks came away with a 38 to 27 victory. Yeah, I couldn't remember if it was, I knew it was 30 something to 20 something. I couldn't remember if it was nine or 11. 11 points. I unfortunately only got to watch half of the game because I was watching Oregon beat the absolute crap out of Colorado the entire time. I enjoyed every second of that. And I had to head to my tailgate because K-State was playing the night game, so I did not get to watch the rest of the KU game. But the one thing that I did see was, holy God, did Kobe Bryant. Oh, my Lord. Welcome to the Big 12. Am I right? Oh, my God. That was a stamp. Hey, what up, brother? Hey, Josh. Can you hear us, Josh? I can hear you. Nice. Talking some KU football now. Do you have any inputs on KU football? Yeah, Devin Neal. Go. Dude, he's going to look real good on your roster next year. No, no. Two years. He's a sophomore. Oh, he's only a soft. Okay. 
<laughs> Hello, everyone. For those of you not watching, we have distinguished guest, distinguished gambler, distinguished fantasy football personality, Josh Roberts, hailing from Texas, pride of Northwestern University, joining us, to, assumedly, to talk some football with us or lambast me for the trade that I just made, or both. Uh, no, no. It's I'm just here to listen. I'm a, I'm a passenger. <laughs> Well, interject Never. whatever you want, J. Rob. Yeah, if you have any yeah, questions, you guys go ahead. Continue, continue your conversation. I'll interject where needed. All right, thank you, thank you. Anyway, so beans, you were about to orgasm over uh, Kobe Bryant's hit. Yeah, uh, that player never came back in the game after that hit. He really not. Nope, he did yeah. not come back in. I'm pretty sure he took his soul on that hit. Like I said, I was watching. Uh, Bo Nix, you know, carve up a Colorado defense that really wasn't ever that good. But uh, the thing that I noticed from that game, from the limited time that I was watching, was BYU actually looked fairly competent for the most part. Keaton Slovis has, you know, been in college football forever. And I thought BYU looked moderate. I think them and UCF, to me, looked pretty good. Cincinnati looked good on defense, but my God, does Cincinnati's quarterback Emory Jones? He stinks. I don't know how he, he is so in off, awfully inaccurate. It's ugly. Great athlete, but like man, that was a rough watch because like they would get in the red zone every all the time, and they just could not punch it in. Yeah, that was that was hard to watch. Um, overall, good win for KU. Um, you know, my boy Grim. He's real. He's 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 an end zone threat, my guy. He's only like 170 pounds soaking wet, but he's got uppity ups and he can score in the red zone. Luke Grimm always kind of pisses me off. He reminds <laughs> me of uh, Sexton almost. Oh yeah, he's, he's, here's just this little guy who like is so unassuming and like doesn't look very good, and like all he's doing is like getting first downs every time. He's going to be my third round pick next year. Um, no, yeah. Is, uh, is Grim their wide receiver one, you guys think, or is it that Arnold guy? I, 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 I honestly. Uh, I mean, Grim, I think, is like. Grim is like. I compare Grim to Watson. He does like the dirty work and is like the route perfectionist, whereas Arnold is like your explosive guy. And like, I, that's the way I see it. I mean, Arnold is definitely like their ex, if you want to like get technical termy. Yeah. Um, I mean, Grimm just always seems to be the guy who like, we need a first down, like it's a big spot. Like that's where they're going with it. But I don't know. Arnold, I, I mean, Arnold is better than he is just from a like ability standpoint. I mean, that's kind of what happens when, you know, you're as big and physical and imposing as Arnold is compared to Grimm. So, but KU has Texas this weekend. Um, you know, I, are you gonna are you gonna watch this one, Sam? <sighs> Maybe I'm gonna be in Nashville this weekend. So like, I don't, I don't know what my schedule really is because I'll be you know probably drug around every corner of freaking what's the name of the street? Somebody help me! Not the yeah. I don't know the name of the street, but I do know. You gotta go to Hattie B's. Hattie B's? 
Yeah, that's that's the that's the Nashville hot chicken place. Okay, I you know what that might have actually been re- so at the K State tailgate. We told uh, someone that we were going there, and they like told us every place they had ever gone to in Nashville and how good it was. I bet I can tell you. I bet I can name. I'll place ten dollars now. I don't know who it was. Sure. <laughs> uh, yes, I bet you can. I'm sure I can. I'm not gonna drop names like that, but I'm. I know who it was. No balls. Does it rhyme with schooler? Schooler. I don't even know who the fuck that would be. Uh, okay. Does it rhyme with band? Last name band. Oh. No, I did not hear anything from a. Uh, I did not hear any anything from a person whose last name rhymes with band. Um, or gotta, or schooler. You gotta no. You see, you gotta like look at who I'm going with, beans. Like who are okay. you going with on this trip, right? I mean, oh, okay, all right. Well, you gotta you gotta read the room. Who? Yeah. Are okay. Well, you I'm said you're at a. Ca- uh, what's that? Yeah, so if I'm I'm if I'm in the other a- place, I would recommend. Oh, oh, sorry. Go ahead. No, nah, no. Nah, I want more recommendations. I asked yeah. Feed feed so, him the places to go. You know, the other place I would recommend is it's called Monell's. It's like a family style breakfast joint. It's it's really good. All right, I'm gonna write this down on the back of my bingo card because I never use this set. Monell's and Annie B's. Yeah, no, because. Uh, you know, I, uh, you know, she's never going to listen to this, so I, I can just tell this. But, you know, we went to Emily Starkey, you know, is like the photographer. Oh, yeah. With the Titans. Yeah. I asked her for Rex and was like going to like hopefully, because the Bengals are playing in Nashville that weekend. Ooh. So I was like, I was trying to like imply that we wanted to go to the game and then like see if she had like, you know, anything for us maybe hook us up with some tickets since you know she works for the titans uh i like asked her i asked her about stuff she responded asked when we were coming in i said never heard back disappointing she's working on it that's what it is that's what i'm thinking like that's yeah she's she's working on it leave uh you know thursday night so uh we're kind of running out of time but anyways back to ku I will do my best to watch this game. I have all my KU friends at work are very, very concerned about Texas this week. And I'm here to talk them off the edge because I think that KU can definitely compete. I will not say that they win because that would be insane for me to say that. But I do think I do like KU's chances to compete because I think Texas's offense is inconsistent outside of the offensive line. I think that's really where KU is going to lose the game is that Texas's defensive line and offensive line will control the game. But I think KU from like at least an offensive standpoint can still keep up to keep them in the game. We've seen it before. See Texas game two years ago. So, yeah. And this is always KU's like, in in recent like history, like we're talking the last five to seven years, right? It's like their Super Bowl almost. Like they kind of circle yeah. this one on the circle this one on the board and say, This is the game where we need a peek at. This is our this is our game to win. I, I think it's like 
the one game where they like show the national televised people like who they actually are. Um, so this is this is their one game where they just get really pumped up for. Well, and I think the thing too is we look at where so like let's take a holistic view of where KU as a program was the last two years when they played Texas. Jalen Daniels was playing like leading up to the Texas game that they won. They were starting to play better under Lance Leipold. And they won the game. Texas obviously wasn't as good. But KU had positive momentum going into the game and competed and won at Texas. And then obviously they continued that positive momentum finishing. I don't think they won any games after the Texas game, but they looked good in the games post-Texas at least. Contrast that to last year, they get blown out. Well, that's in the middle of them, you know, losing a ton of games in a row and Jalen Daniels like had just come back if I remember right either the week prior or that week it was that week I think so yeah so a lot different from year to year on those two years and KU is definitely trending more in the direction of two years ago where they have a lot of positive momentum riding on they're not reeling they're not you know kind of you know just free falling at that point. And plus I'm pretty sure that KU had won against Oklahoma State either the previous week or two weeks prior or whatever. They had gotten that monkey off their back of being desperate to, you know, get to win six, especially yeah. five and oh. So it almost feels like that Texas game, side relief. You're looking ahead to the next week because K State's is, you know, you're going to K-State the very next week. That's a big game. Like, obviously, Texas is a big game. But, you know, you take a breath. You kind of get your ass kicked. But you're ready for the game after that. So, I think KU is very much locked into what they're going to be doing this game. I think that there's a lot of momentum. And I think there's a good chance that KU could win the game outright. I wouldn't personally pick it. Because I think Texas is just too good on the lines, which is where you win football games the majority of the time, especially in college. So, so overall, what 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 do you think the final score of this game is going to be? Well, so Texas has been putting. If you look at Texas's scores this year, they're kind of just putting thirty up on everyone. Somewhere about, I think they put up thirty against Baylor and like thirty-seven against Bama and like thirty four against Wyoming and they only put up like 30 some against Rice. And that's why I think KU can keep pace because Texas really kind of only puts up about, I know 30 points is a lot, obviously, mm-hmm. but KU yeah. has you know, weapons. They have, you know, the quarterback, you know, their Michael Jordan, all that crap. And they can put up points. I don't think they will put up enough. I would say it's going to be like 30, I don't know. We'll call it like 38 to 28 because I don't think KU's defense is quite as good. I think they've shown flashes. That That's the big problem with predicting this game is KU goes out and only beats Nevada by like seven points, uh, you know, the week prior. Um, and it's a weird game. It's like 930 their time when they start the game. But Nevada stinks and you win by seven. But then, like, you blow out Illinois by, like, 
20 points in the first half. And then you, like, beat the brakes off of BYU for a second half, right? So KU's is very inconsistent. I think I think we'll, we're going to see one of two things, right? I'm, again, lock in 38 to uh, 28. But KU's either going to keep it real close and Texas is going to just outlast them. Or kind of what I think is more likely going to happen. I think Texas is probably going to get out to like a 21 to 3 lead or something like that. And then like they'll just kind of slowly, slowly get to 38. Maybe not 3 because it's at 28. Maybe like 21-7. They'll slowly get to 28. KU will eventually rush back to 28. It'll be like 30. Yeah, it'll be like. It'll be like 31 to like 28 or something. And Texas will score a late touchdown. But I'll take KU to cover. That's really what it is. I'll take them to lose by 10, which is a cover, because I believe that the spread is, it's either 14 or 17. I can't remember. I think it's 17. Yeah. I don't know. He doesn't know, ladies and gentlemen. Um, I will say, though, like, I do think this is um, one game. I think this is where like KU is like truly, I know they were kind of tested in that Nevada game. Um, And I know BYU is no like knock or anything like that. Like they're still a pretty good big 12 team. Um, I would say like, this is going to be a neck and neck matchup. I think it's going to be 35, 38. Uh, I think, I think it's just going to be really close um, with Texas winning in the end. So I actually saw something that like Texas's offensive efficiency isn't very, good i don't know where i saw that from or how like legitimate that is but that's why i think ku can stay in it that's why i would at least pick them to cover j-rob what do you got for this week yeah i mean i just think i I only play like college football dfs so i don't really care that much but like i don't Xavier Worthy hasn't had his like 200 yard and six touchdown performance that I feel like is his like upper outcome. And this feels like a week where he's just going to be uncoverable. And Jatavian Sanders, their tight end at Texas has been like, he's been unreal this season, hundred yards, I think in two, two games already. Damn. And like, I just, I don't think KU necessarily has the dogs on defense to hang with him. So it's going to come down to whether or not Jaden, we get good Jaden Daniels or bad Jaden Daniels, which so far this season, he's been all right, but he hasn't been the Heisman caliber that he was at the beginning of last season, mm-hmm. I think. So I think it could be – I think it could get ugly. I definitely see your – you could keep it close, but I just – it's like at the end of the day, you always evaluate the talent. Like you said, the trenches are definitely in Texas' favor, and then their position guys, like, haven't gone nuts yet, and I feel like it might – it could get ugly if they just decide to just go nuke. Yeah, no, I agree with that. I – I think the, for me, I think the outcomes, like if you're ranking like the most likely outcomes, like, you know, Texas big, Texas small, KU small, KU big. Like, I definitely think that Texas big is more likely than KU small, right? So, yes, I, I definitely could see Xavier Worthy (laughs) having, having that game, right? Especially... The, the thing that I remember killed KU last year, because I was I was in Vegas during their, that game last year. I just remember they got ran all over last year, which is kind of the issue. You know what I mean? Like, I mean, if they're going to get beat up in the trenches, 
that they're still going to get ran all over. It's not Bijan, obviously, but still. But uh, yeah, I feel like this could be the game. Like when Quinn Ewers goes like, like somewhere between thirtieth and fiftieth in the draft, they're just showing highlights, and it's just like every highlight from the KU game. <laughs> like you just see, it's just your highlights from that game. But I don't know. I mean, I might be scarred because that's what happens to every Big Ten quarterback against Northwestern. But um, yeah. Dude, I I do always find it funny because there always is that one quarterback that gets drafted and literally every single highlight is like one game. And it's like this guy legit won like game. Ugh. All right. Well, I tell you what, the big winners in the state still KU. We're going to stick with college. We're going to go to K-State game. We'll be able to talk more then, you know, Beans and I are obviously very K-State fans. I don't get an opportunity to watch the majority of the KU games, especially if it is a K-State home game. So we will probably have a longer coverage of K-State, and I apologize for that. Beans, your homework this week is to watch the KU-Texas game so we can provide a complete synopsis of said game. Well, okay. I, I would do my best to uh, watch K-State as my homework for this week. Oh, yeah. Yeah, you do that. You do that, <laughs> my guy. You do that, my guy. <laughs> but anyways, K-State uh, played UCF in UCF's opener for the uh, Big 12 this year. Kind of weird that both Kansas teams played a new Big 12 school, but it was the first time that K-State had opened up at home as a conference game, in God knows how long, it probably wasn't that long, but it always seems like K-State's opening the conference season on the road. K-State won the game, I believe it was 44-31. to 31. Is That, that is correct? correct. correct. All right, I have it on my work calendar, so I was hoping that I had written that correctly. So, K-State beats UCF, who had their back quarterback playing this game. And are able to do it on the shoulders of DJ Giddens. J-Rob, did I get you the correct paperwork for your DJ Giddens apology form? Yeah, yeah I, uh, I, uh, pretty dumb, pretty this, dumb week. this week. <laughs> you're um, you're uh, good. I wasn't familiar with Giddens' game like that either, so. I was kind of surprised. I think that goes back to a lot of... UCF, you know, everyone likes to joke that you can take the G5 out of the conference, but you can't take the G5 out of the team. UCF <laughs> needs time to actually, you know, acquire Power 5 recruits in the trenches. K-State just has, just so happens to have a first-round talent offensive lineman and a bunch of dudes who have started a billion games for them. But K-State, very effective on the ground. Will Howard throws another pick but is mostly effective with a bum ankle, and the defense does just enough with Daniel Green out for the season. I dropped for a second. What I was just going to say is I thought Treshawn Ward was clearly a better running back for, like, the first three weeks of K-State games, and then DJ Giddens was like, yeah, yeah not, not fam. And it's I'm, I'm definitely biased because one, one of my best buddies is the D-line coach at JC, so he just talks about DJ Giddens all the time, and I'm like, Bro, 
Treshawn Ward is so much more explosive. Please give him the ball. Then Giddens did everything. He had 200 yards rushing and like four catches or something. He was going crazy. So word on the street is, and this is just me just repeating the information that I've received out there. Supposedly Ward doesn't quite know the playbook yet. And that's why he doesn't get as much playing time or he doesn't quite seem as explosive as like we would think. But apparently like the playbook just isn't hitting with him here lately. And isn't hitting with it. That, it's a running back. All I know is like all I've heard is like he just may not know the playbook very well yet. He's not quite there. He's a running back. You just tell I, him what more to go hit. I don't know. Dude, it gets a little bit more difficult than that, but I don't know. Like it that's that's what I've heard, but this was a very much a DJ Giddens come out party. Like I think it shows that he can carry the workload. That is a singular running back. Uh, I I thought he looked great. He would set up. He even did like there's one play where it was like an, it was a stretch play, and he just set up his block so perfectly, let the play develop, and then he just hit it and get, got six yards off of it. Uh, he does. He does a really good job at taking his time, slow playing it, and let let the play develop for him. One is my echo gone. Yeah, it's gone. Excellent. Two, um, he is. Mm, Walmart is kind of like not what I want to go for. He is like Alex Bar, like Walmart Alex Barnes is what I feel like. Yeah, and you know whose yards he ba- beat this weekend? Alex Barnes. Oh no, shit! Yeah, that Taylor game from like years ago. Yep, he beat. I he beat. Got to watch that game because we were at a Sporting KC game. Yeah, so he he had to beat Alex Barnes. Is he beat it by like two yards or something like that? We uh we lost that game too. Just an FYI for everyone who doesn't remember. Yeah. Um. So that uh. When they mentioned Alex Barnes, I was like, holy shit, DJ does look like Alex Barnes. <laughs> yeah, he's just as slow as he is, too. <laughs> uh, I think I think DJ has a little bit more speed than Alex, in my opinion. He's got maybe a little he I mean, you're you're comparing like an eighth of a cup of orange juice to like a quarter <laughs> cup of orange juice. <laughs> like yeah, there's more juice there, but like you still only have a quarter cup of juice. Um, I mean, Giddens, Giddens to me is like again, he's a nice player. Um, he obviously, he very obviously isn't like you know gonna be some elite level guy, but I think he does a good enough job. I mean, I guess <laughs> I guess Ward needs to learn how to hit a hole. Um. For his playbook. I mean, run left, run right, right. Am I right? Yeah. I feel like well, it's even, just like a it's like a Zeke Pollard situation. Yeah. Obviously, like the Diet Coke version, like the college version, but like <laughs> you know, Zeke could have. It's not like Zeke didn't still have big games when he and Pollard were splitting carries. You know, mm-hmm. and it feels like Giddens just caught the perfect storm of like. I mean, I I didn't get to watch much of the game, but UCS run defense is probably just god awful. Their linebackers are probably 125 pounds um, based on his box. Yeah, no, I mean we, yeah, we bullied them. That's for sure. I mean, they were athletes. Don't get me wrong. Even offensively and defensively, like like that team is full of that, athletes. That's one thing I do want to say though. That team, like, okay, 
I understand the transfer portal thing. So, like, I can't just say, like, oh, well, they just came from G5 or whatever. I mean, they obviously have Power 5 athletes. Yeah. Athletes or guys you can play at other Power 5 schools. But holy crap, that team was fast. And holy crap, I'm scared of what that team can do with horses. If their quarterback wasn't a nincompoop 80% of the time, they would have had us in that Um, game. That quarterback, I saw his QBR was like a 70 something. And I was like, that's being generous. You got to throw away QBR after that. Like, I saw him take. I don't know if you saw like any of uh, like these two plays, J Rob, but like I saw him get flushed from the pocket and like back up, and he throws this prayer like in the middle of the field, not in the middle of the field, but like in the field, like on the sideline. And his wide receiver gets it like somehow. It was like a punt almost, and he tries it again later. And it just gets picked because it's a terrible throw. And then on like what it was third down or something. No, it was first down. It was first down. They just gotten into field goal range. It's like a 10 point game or a seven point game at that point. And he takes like a nine yard sack because he runs around all the way around, loops around, and then gets like his ankles caught like at the line of scrim or like behind the line. And I'm like, why are you not throwing that away, dude? Like, you took a nine-yard sack on first down on your own 30? He was insane. That dude, like, right. that's a- I mean, to be frank, I mean, I was just looking at it because I was like, uh, so last year, I mean, their their quarterback last year was John Reese Plumley. Yeah. He was like a DFS gold mine, but he's well, hurt. He is still their quarterback. He was hurt. K-State, like, right. lucked out that he was hurt. Yeah, and then they also lost their most explosive wide receiver, uh, Ryan O'Keefe. I forget who, where he transferred. Uh, BC. He went to take the Zay Flowers role at BC. Oh, nice. But, so they're probably. I mean, like I said, in the age of the transfer portal, it's a little bit tough. But uh, I mean, they did lose a lot from last year. Oh yeah. Um, so for losing a lot, though, they were still extremely fast. Like I was a little worried. Like like hustle. I thought we were going to lose the hustle category. Um, I think, you know, brains kind of outbeat hustle in that game. Yeah, no, I, again, I think K-State played a very mature game, I guess, from the perspective of the ground game was working and DJ Giddens was eating, so they continued to go with them, and they still felt like a really long game for how often we ran the ball. (laughs) It still felt like forever. Yeah, you would. Well, I mean, when you're averaging 15 yards a carry like DJ was, it's going to (laughs) be slow clock. It stops every time you get first down. I, you know what? That game, I don't know why this game felt worse than the other games that K State's had, but I have never wanted to fight the people who insert commercial breaks more than in that game. Oh, my God. There was like a stretch where I think we came out of commercial and like someone got hurt. So we went back to commercial and then like we ran two plays in case they punted and we went to commercial and then like UCF like scored on like their next drive, like in like a couple plays. And then we went back to commercial and it was just like, stop, <laughs> please. Yeah. College football is tough to watch with all the commercial breaks and the the long halftime and everything. It's like, it's, it's crazy. It's so bad. 
which is it's hilarious because like college basketball like has a lot of commercials, but you know when they're coming and they're consistent all the time. So you're like, oh, under 16, under 12, under eight, under four, half yeah. repeat. And it's like, okay, like this works. It's annoying. I'd rather have it be every like, you know, not four minutes, but it works. Yeah, no, that that's completely understandable. From this game, though, like, did you feel worse about our which one? Like, what, do you feel worse about our secondary or better about our defensive line? Man, I just have not been in love with the secondary for most of the season, and yeah, at some so. For a lot of my adult life, K-State has kind of gotten away with a lot. Like Teams love to just kind of do dumb things because they're college kids. And K-State will get kind of just bailed out by, like, you know, some dude, like, under-throwing a pass or, like, whatever. But K-State's just been getting dotted up and mossed all season. Other than, like, Southeast Missouri. Like, Troy was catching balls everywhere. Missouri, especially Luther Burden, was just catching balls everywhere. Him and Theo Weiss. And we see another, you know, deep shot touchdown where I'm going to get on Willie's ass for this because he went for – he gets dotted up for about, you know, 40, 50-yard touchdown. And he's trying to go for, like, a diving interception that would put us on the two-yard line on, like, a third and ten. And he misses – and it's touchdown. And all I can think of is you're a college kid, so I know you're like not, you know, like super smart. But like if you pick that off, we're starting with the ball on the two yard line. And if you don't and you just bat it away, they're punting. We could still end up on the two yard line, but like you just gotta it's about playing odds. And so I the pass defense, I think, is suffering from a lack of second-round pick, six-foot-three corner, and uh, experienced uh, fifth-round draft pick safety. I completely agree with you. Um, are, are you we don't have a Cheatham, you know. Like we don't have a we don't have a Florida or what was Prairie View A and M. We don't have a Prairie View A and M guy. That's oh, what that's it is. right. We're missing our Prairie Prairie View safety. Yep. We're missing a prayer view safety. Yeah. No, you, I've said it. Like I like the three three five is supposed to prevent holes in your defense in the passing game, and it just feels like they keep finding holes in our passing game on the defense. I don't get it. Um, like we have really athletic linebackers, we have really great uh D linemen. Um, you know, our safeties aren't bad, it's just we get just picked apart sometimes. And I, we have a lot of safeties that I think are really good at helping and run support. And I think are very average in coverage who are still very much trying to find the chemistry needed to not get completely burnt. If that makes sense. Like that's pretty typical in college though. Like coverage schemes are generally pretty weak. Like I think you just need a couple of playmakers. I think, I mean, What's his name? Lee or whatever. The, the other 6'3 dude that yeah, they brought in to replace Juju is like, he's going to get there probably, but he's he's pretty young. Right? Yeah, he's a sophomore. Like, yeah, they probably just need a little bit more time. But at the end of the day, like, 
I, none of it really matters. Like as long as the offense can score points, I would say the the more concerning part is like no one is separating in terms of receiving talent. And that's, oh, yeah. oh my gosh. I don't know if you guys talked There's, about that already, but no, like, we haven't. The wide receiver one is not the wide receiver one. It's a tight end. Yeah, yeah it, it is. It's yeah. And he's well, not even that good. I don't think like when I've watched, like, it's not like when uh, they used to have, a, who was it? It wasn't last year, but I, I feel like a couple years ago, Casey had a tight end that like, it felt like he was an actual difference manager, but Sinnott. Oh, Briley Moore probably. Briley Moore. Yeah. yeah. Sinnott just feels like the epitome of average to me, but he gets put on this pedestal because yeah. he's like the wide receiver one. Because like, I don't know. I mean, I'm surprised. Like, I I think RJ Garcia has shown some. Like, he showed some juice in the Big Twelve Championship game or whatever it was last year. But like, he's getting no looks. Um, I mean, I, he, part of that's Howard being hurt. But like, yeah, it's just they need to get some production from the wide receiver position. I don't even think RJ like, like played basically this game either. No, it was weird. He was like out for the majority of it. Like he was. I, so, I thought I, he got a concussion because he had like his pads on and everything. Okay. No helmet. Like, huh. so I, I mean, that's just how I took it. I was like, well, he's out in the offensive huddle. He's got, like, all of his pads on, but he's got no helmet. Like, he probably has a concussion. Like, and, and and honestly, like, Keegan Johnson hasn't, like, I know he was hurt at the beginning of the year and, like, was out for a game and a half or something like that. But, like, he hasn't really, like, stood out. And then, like, who's the other receiver, Johnson? Uh, uh, yeah. Uh, crap. I can't remember his name. Yeah, he, Jackson, isn't it? Jackson, yes. Jaden Jackson, yeah. Jaden Jackson. Then he hasn't. I kept thinking JC Jackson. I was like, yeah. Don't want to say that. He hasn't really like. He's not really like like what. Uh, yeah, there's no like what J. Rob said. There's no true wide receiver. It's a it's a fullback essentially. Like Sin is not even the size of a tight end. He's the size of a fullback, and the only thing like he's just a good fullback. he's just a good pass catcher. When it's open, you know, like he's, he's literally Winston Dibble, but paler. Like, like it's, it's, we're back to that. Like that's what we're back. To. And he's like, Winston you know, Dibble minus the wildcat shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Right. Like it's, without, the, yeah. Like I mean, we don't have I mean, Dana's the, offense, you know. The reception leader is Philip Brooks, and like I think that says a lot. Like every time I watch K State game, I'm like, can we please stop giving the ball on offense to this Philip Brooks guy? Like I understand, he's a god tier returner. Dude, lead in space. Phillip. Like I love Philip because he's been here for six years. I love him for that that he's stuck it out for this long. Yeah. But he is not like Phil. Phil that guy, like an average wide receiver three on like a good team, and it's somehow like yeah make it happen. He's he's literally Dante Hall, and they're just like it's like it's like if the Chiefs were like, hey Dante, you're gonna catch ninety balls this year. <laughs> he's like, why? Like. You know what I mean? It's like, 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 I don't know why they're doing it, but I mean, I get it. He's like, I mean, again, if none of the wide receivers are going to show up, I get it. Give the ball to your like most explosive playmaker in space and just try and let him do stuff. But like, I hate watching it. I'm like, please stop giving this guy the ball. He clearly and, doesn't run actual routes. And I think that's what I think that's is like the only. If I had to give like a grade to like all the receivers minus the Southeast Missouri game because that just doesn't count, like. Jaden Jackson's the only dude that's getting anything above like a C, and that's just because he seems to always make that the big catches and he makes contested catches. But like again, it's not like he's separating; he's just kind of like George Pickens, where he's just bigger and like catching everything. And I think that's why the K State fans are just like so eager for Avery Johnson to kind of step in that role because it adds a different element to that offense. It adds the QB run threat, which I know Will Howard can run. 
but the Avery Johnson run threat's not the same as a Will Howard run threat. If you know what I mean. Here, here's a funny stat. You guys want to know who has the highest receiving grade on Kansas State? Oh uh, shit! Now, um, oh god, he has one reception, Why? so that should help you. Anthony Ferris. No, uh, one reception. One reception. Um, who's our backup tight end? Is it Swanson? Oh, Swanson. It's Will Howard. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's that's not right. receiving. One reception, one touchdown. <laughs> oh Jesus Christ! Oh brother! <laughs> oh no! That oh, is God. Oh right. no! Here's another fun fact: Philip Brooks <sighs> is like one of the first classes that got to play four games for like the red shirt, and they got the COVID year. He is like he either has or is like currently the all-time leader in games played at K-State. Like <laughs> all-time for all time. <laughs> <laughs> oh man i think like what what's the long snapper's name he's like number he he's gonna end up like his number two i think it's like Raven surely or is green is green gonna be up there well shit if he fucking comes back for another season because of a medical he's, he's got one more dude dude is gonna fucking be able to diagnose his own damn injury but <laughs> he's gonna be in college for seven years uh, my yeah, I, would say, I mean, generally speaking, though, that's my biggest concern with the case is like once they get up against these big dogs, like, I mean, they, they've played some tough teams, but like, realistically speaking, they should have beat Missouri by probably two touchdowns. Like if they were on their game and like mm-hmm. this last game, they did win by basically two touchdowns. Like they haven't been truly tested offensively and especially with the asterisk that Howard was hurt last game. But like once they get into like this, the thick of the big 12 play, like they're going to need someone in the receiving court to step up because. Frankly, like, I mean, generally in the Big 12, I think almost every you can say you're not expecting to stop people. You're just expecting to outscore people. Well, and yeah, the, I don't know. We, we also need wheels. The Big 12 is bad. Well, we also need Will Howard. Like, we need to limit the turnover margin. Like, that. I know that every time Will Howard has thrown an interception, it... It hasn't really mattered, but it's going to come to a point where that entered that one interception he's going to throw is at a yeah. focal point in the game, and it's going to shift everything. And four, how many has he thrown this year? Is it just four? I think four. it's four. Okay. And I think on all four, he was been under pressure, like he's been hit as he's thrown the ball. I think all four have been pressured interceptions. So, and I don't know that th- that interception against uh, UCF was really bad so maybe maybe that one wasn't pressure i can't remember that one off the top of my head exactly but it was an rpo where he was looking for uh keegan over the middle and was uh, he getting hit i can't remember anyway pff has it two under pressure two clean three not blitzed one blitzed interestingly okay so the, the one with keegan like pretty much if i remember right the safety was like undercutting the uh crosser on the rpo and like he just kind of just threw it <laughs> so I, like pocket. like i said like that fuck it chuck it mentality can't happen like we gotta limit that that turnover um but i almost feel like it has to right like that dude sucked when he wasn't fucking chucking it and they decided sure. he put on 18 and turned into peyton manning for like five games <laughs> got all the confidence in the world you gotta just let it ride it's like uh, when you're at the casino on the roulette table 
Yeah, but like I said, that, that, that it's going to happen at some point where like we're going to lose momentum and we're going to it's just going to hurt us. Um, granted, that's just football. That's just football. That's just football in general. But I, whenever I watch football, like just win the turnover margin, which we did. Um, and we just have to keep continuing that. I mean, just keep winning the turnover margin. But when you don't have a great secondary and you have a quarterback that's throwing interceptions, you know, it's not a very good you know, leading to success. Well, Beans, what's the score prediction this week? Ah, shit. It's going to be a tight one, dude. I'm uh, counting I, like, I'm, I, I'm counting I, like eight I, beers, eight beers, definitely eight beers. I think uh, K-State pulls this one out, uh, two to nothing on a fourth from bye week university. There we go. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, time for some NFL football, ladies and gentlemen. I didn't get to watch this game, so Beans, you're going to have to like let me know what happened because the Kansas City Chiefs went out and beat the hell out of the Chicago Bears with Taylor Swift in attendance because that's all the NFL media wants to talk about is Taylor Swift because that game was so goddamn bad, apparently. Uh, I don't know. Do we want to talk about Taylor Swift? I mean, she was there. Apparently, there's per sources she was there. Um, her sources. Her sources. She was there. Video evidence. I couldn't get away <laughs> from it. Uh, Travis Kelsey jersey sales have gone up four hundred percent. It's been fun because you know there's been so many. I've gotten to like you know because the the Swifty folks are like you know bleeding into NFL media. I get to see like all the weird things that they do for a little bit, and they are the weirdest people I have ever seen. And I can't believe that people are that obsessed with one person he says as he plays fantasy football and, like... I, I was about ready to say, like, I, I... Like, take the effort we put into sports, like, people just put into one person. So, um, that's the way I would describe it. Uh, Kansas City gained, like, another 5 billion fans this weekend somehow, so... There's that. Uh, they're going to make beautiful babies one day. I don't fucking know. Um, and, uh, no, they're going to break up, and that album is going to be hilarious because it's uh, really football-themed, and it's going to be like fourth down, turnover on down. Intentional <laughs> grounding. She's going to mention like Andy Reid somewhere. I don't know. Um, overall, though, the game was extremely, extremely comforting. Um as a Chiefs fan, like the whole time we've been questioning, like, is our offense really good? How can we play without Nick Bolton being there? Um, you know, th- there are some, th- th- there's still some question marks at the end of it, like, because just Chicago's just not that good. That place is a dumpster fire. Justin Fields literally looked like he wanted to quit. Like, at the end of the game, he was quoted, like, uh, w- what are your thoughts on, like, the whole process of football and everything? Um, so, and he was like, you know, the game really makes you appreciate like life and all that stuff. And, like this dude's talking about living. <laughs> like He's talking about death <laughs> because of this game. Uh, so, uh, but we do want to thank J Rob. J Rob. Yeah. Thanks J Rob. Um, if you listen to the rest of this J Rob, feel free to come on anytime. It was great talking to you. You made us laugh a ton about Philip Brooks being Dante Hall. You know, have we, we, we should really work on a contract for J Rob here. You know, really should, you know, but, he can be, uh, who, it'd be like a Mad Dog Russo after uh, Max Kellerman like left for uh, or left first take where Mad Dog just comes in like all the time on contract or like JJ Reddick shows up. We'll we'll we'll, we'll be in negotiations with J Rob at the end of this. Um, anyways, 
uh, Justin Fields really uh, looked like he wanted to quit. Um, you know, Chiefs were generating a lot of pressure on him. Chiefs always do really good against a running quarterback. They always have like a like a specific game plan, but they were disguising coverages dirty, man. They were dirty. There was one time yeah, where that's like so rough because you don't even have to do that against the Bears. No, that's he. Like, they were just, just like toying with him. Nine man stick. So there was one coverage where uh, Trent McDuffie was like lined up in the slot, and then like. Like he dropped back into like a cover two to play safety and then rolled back down. And Justin Fields did like a double take and then called timeout. It was so fucking hilarious. <laughs> it was, it was great. Like we were just fucking with him the whole game. Um, and you know, drew tranquil looked really good. Uh, we need to find a way to have four linebackers on the field at all times. Cause our linebacking core pressure, bro, dude, 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 uh, I don't know. I don't know what we need to do, but our four linebackers, I will put them toe to toe to any other four linebackers in the NFL right now. Who are you considering the fourth guy? Are you uh, Drew Bolton, Willie Gay, and uh, Leo Chanel? That's it. I see. I couldn't remember his name. I, all I could think of was White Wisconsin guy. White Wisconsin, yeah, Leo Chanel. Um, that, yeah, White Wisconsin guy really narrows it down. By which, which is funny because the other White Wisconsin guy, uh, Sanborn, got had an interception or two interceptions, I think for Chicago. So two, two white linebackers from Wisconsin are representing. So the, the only, so from my perspective, the only thing that happened for me for this game was, uh, apparently in independence, Kansas, we get all of our TV out of Tulsa or whatever, which is close to Dallas thing, which is the Dallas game. So I'm going to have to find a way to, you know, watch chiefs games when they play at the same time as Dallas and the same network from here on out. Don't really know I'm going to do that. Maybe I should have bought Sunday ticket when it was as cheap as it was ever going to be. But who am I? I am dumb. Um, the only thing I really know about this game is that uh, Blake Gabbert came in like in the third quarter and Mahomes' like, overpassing prop did not hit. <laughs> yeah. Um, so we can kind of go into the offense here. Um there was so much like for how much we put on the put on the scoreboard. There was still a lot left. Like MVS should have had like a couple couple touchdowns there. Rasheed Rice could have scored on two touchdowns, but fell short. Um, which is kind of funny because like the one where Barquez Valdez Scantling scored was uh, called back because Juwan Taylor was called off sides or an illegal formation, and then the next play. Uh, the next play, uh, Patrick Mahomes rolled his ankle. So I think the NFL, like, honestly, honest to God, NFL, just fucking cut back on it. Just stop. Okay. Cause I, you know I what? Love, I love that chief's Twitter is just taking screenshots of like, offense. everybody, everybody, Literally every team. And when they're in an illegal formation and just tagging the NFL officials to either call it or stop fucking on Jawan Taylor. It's the dumbest thing. I feel so bad for Jawan Taylor because like, He's just being targeted for what he's done for years. It's like telling no, a quarterback that, to that stop throwing. New, that game, if that game's a noon game on like week three, no one gives a shit. The only re- like this was eventually going to happen because like eventually, the thing is, is eventually, Jawan Taylor was going to end up on a primetime game and someone was going to like be mad about it, right? Like Jawan Taylor, like. 
Juwan Taylor was in a playoff game last year, but it's with the Jags, and, like, the Jags haven't won shit, so, like, no one really cares or whatever. Like, now he's on the Chiefs, and, like, like, Chiefs have won two Super Bowls four years. Like, I mean, people care because, you know, everyone thinks the Chiefs have the refs in their bankroll anyways. So, I mean, like, but it is just getting out of hand. So, I got two things for you here. One, uh, if you ever noticed, whenever they called uh, the illegal formation on Juwan Taylor, the there was either a slot receiver lined up alongside him or a tight end lined up alongside him. So, uh, I wonder, wait, I wonder if... Then. It, it makes it like that depth perception seem a little further. But Honestly, anytime, I I don't I don't subscribe to that they're targeting him, but like it's human nature. If you're supposed to be watching for illegal formation more because it comes from on high, and he's the guy who basically you're making this rule for, like he's got. I mean, he's going to get an unfair amount of like calls from yes like he's gonna have to basically be perfect and like i can definitely see how having an extra person beside him to like really kind of fuck with the depth perception yes exactly and then number two um they pulled juan taylor off for a series and put in prince tiguanoga and they told donovan smith and prince tiguanoga to set as far as Juwan Taylor usually does, and they weren't called, so I find that I find that aspect a little bit interesting. Again, it it I don't want to call it a joke because, like, I don't again I don't want to be an asshole to the officials. They're just doing their job, and I mean it's human nature that they're gonna do it this way. Like, dude, anyone anyone who's anyone knew that he was gonna get the book thrown at him, like for the next cup for probably the next month, honestly. And, like, the thing is, is we're playing Monday Night Football this week, right? Sunday night. Oh, Sunday. Well, it's Sunday night. We're going to play Sunday Night Football, so the microscope's going to be on them again. By the way, Monday night, I just remembered the Seahawks and Giants. That is, like, one of the worst fu- Monday Night Football matchups I can remember. Yeah. There's, like, zero intrigue in that. Like, both those teams are whatever. The Giants are honestly just bad. And, like, there's no, there's nothing of intrigue in that game. They should flex uh, Denver and uh, Chicago. Oh when you so again, let's let's just get over ourselves. It was a Matt Nagy revenge game, and the Bears got the shit kicked out of them. Like, yeah. Let's call a spade a spade. There's not like it's hard to really gain too much of anything out of it. I I will gain this though. Um, we're seeing our young receivers develop. Like from the first couple weeks, like. Patrick Mahomes enjoyed playing with like Tyreek Hill and Sammy Watkins and like all these and Travis Kelsey because like they're they always like play forward. You know, they catch the ball, go forward. And then like when you're playing with young receivers, it's harder to like catch the ball and understand like, okay, make my next move. It's like you you fuck up somewhere. You drop the ball or you just fall down or you slip, something. This game, you really saw the development of the players like slowing the game, slowing down for them. Um, it's such a big cliche, but it really is so true. It is so true. Like, and honestly, for it being game three, and we're starting to see Rasheed Rice develop more, Sky Moore develop way more. Like, Rasheed Rice is on pace for like 600 yards, which is like three times, which is double the amount Sky Moore had last year. So, this is a great development that you, 
this is a great trend you want to see out of your young wide receiver core. Yeah. Um, I, again, it's hard to take too much out of it because, again, it's the Bears. Bears fucking suck. Um, but, I mean, it's hard. It's encouraging that there was nothing to be discouraged by. Yeah. And honestly, so let's get the score prediction out of the way because I really, really, really just want to talk about uh, Denver, Chicago. And I really, really just want I, – I, we're doing a special, like, pick on that or something. Mm-hmm. All right, so we're playing the Jets. Jets signed Trevor Simeon to the practice squad. It's still going to be Zach Wilson. Um, that defense is good. I'm sure that – I think that defense is going to come to play, and I think that defense is going to help make the game closer. I This feels like 27 to, like, 13 territory, right? I honestly don't think the Jets score. That offense just looks lost. I can't I can't just say that they won't score. I, I no. think I think to me, like, you know, but yeah, the offense looks bad. Maybe it's more like twenty seven to ten. Let's make it twenty seven to ten. Yeah, that 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 would feel more comforting. I still think we put up thirty four. I don't think it's gonna be in the first half. Um I think it'll be a whole game kind of thing. Um so I think it's gonna be thirty four to like six. I, I, just, I just feel like the defense is going to keep them in the game for longer than you would anticipate. Because again, the Bears defense is bad. So I'm not like expecting the Bears defense to like do anything against the Chiefs offense. But like I don't think the Chiefs offense is like super good yet. I think we're still kind of waiting. So I think I, I think the Chiefs just kind of accumulate like one touchdown or yeah. Field goals like every quarter or so maybe we get like I, I think really what gets us to 27 is we're probably going to get a turnover and like cash that in is probably what it is yeah and um i think we honestly get like a true like i know the running game for uh new york hasn't been all that great lately um but i still think we get a good test like you know, we had Montgomery and a young Gibbs the first game, ETN the second game, and then this game we just had Justin Fields running the ball. This game we actually get like a two-back like look. We get, you know, Brees Hall and Alvin Cook. So like we get that true test. We get that true yeah. test of stopping the run. So this will be a good this will be a good game as far as like what how does our run get? It'll be I'm curious to see if we get Nick Bolton back. I hear he'll probably be back for this game. So that's a big yeah, help. Nick Bolton's important for this game for sure. Yeah, this this will be it. Like I said, I, I'm excited. This defense is great. It's it's humming. Okay, but honestly, I don't care about that game because I care about a random game on a noon <laughs> Sunday. We are getting probably one of the funniest games of all time. The it, NFL that, needs to give the people what they want and flex this game. The only way this game would have been funnier is if this was the game in London that's being played in Andy's room. Because I don't oh know if my God. Calls, but like, so the Falcons, and I'm assuming it's the Jaguars, right? Yeah, it's the Jaguars. Yeah, the Falcons and Jaguars are playing in London, and ESPN's doing this weird thing where like they're having them having all the players in real time look like toys and like play the game in Andy's room. So weird. I don't I don't know what's going on. Um I don't think I'll watch it. I think I'll see the highlights of it. Um this is like the next evolution of like the Nickelodeon stuff. The Nickelodeon stuff is kind of funny, but like, you know, it's it it really was like a one time thing that made it funny. 
Um, but this is like, you know, this is if this would have been played in Andy's room, this would have been the funniest thing of all time. Because you have the Broncos who just cannot seem to get out of their own way and just rolled over and died and gave up 70 points to Miami. Like, for God's sakes, man, have some pride. The and funniest they, thing is they, they, kept, they, kept, they kept Wilson in there the whole game. Oh, dude, just have some pride. Like, oh. I'm telling you right now, dude, like, if you're down 70, you got to fight someone. Like, you know what I mean? Like, you, you got to, like, if, if I, I know he wants to be called A-Chan, isn't it? Yeah, he said, like, Devon A-Chan. Yeah, yeah, I thought it was A-Chan, but we'll call him A-Chan because, like, that's what he says it is. He, good move on him to, like, do that in his first season, unlike uh, Tunyon. Tarod, unlike Tarod Taylor, where everyone's calling him Tyrod Taylor for, like, a decade. And it's, well, well, it's actually Tarod. And it's like, you were a starter in Buffalo. You should have fucking said something. Or like Robert Tunyon. Like, everybody was calling him Tunyon. And he's like, no, it's actually Tunyon or something like that. Or Tonyan. But it's like, yeah, no, you it's gotta, Tunyon. You gotta nip that in the, so, you know, we might call him A-Chain by accident. But A-Chain, you know, A-Chain works, right? Or we'll call him A-Chain. Yeah. Well, like, I'm yeah, glad he did it after his, like, I'm glad he did it after his, like, successful game. Yeah. But, like, if a chance like, running by, dude, face mask. You got to fucking grab that face mask, bro. You you cannot allow yourself to just get bullied like that. You know what I mean? Oh, my <laughs> God. It, disgusting. Yeah, I know. Bad. And then you get the Bears, who are, like, on a 13-game losing streak or some bullshit or some crazy thing like that and just gave up 41 to the Chiefs in essentially three quarters. Chiefs probably could have... Chiefs would have scored 70, but Chiefs would have definitely scored in the 50s if they kept the pedal on the metal or the foot on the gas. Yeah, if they would have kept Mahomes in there and quick being called off sides. I'm honestly more upset McDaniel didn't go for the like go for three at some point. I you know, I keep forgetting. I don't know why I thought the record was 72. The record is 73. And like I definitely thought that, that was the kick would have broken the record, which isn't true, would have tied the record. Um, honestly, I wish he would have done, if I was a Denver fan, I wish he would have, because it is, that it, again, it won't stand the test of time in the record books, but man, that is so tough. That's such a bad look if someone is actively, like, kneeing the ball fourth down when they can tie a record. So, um, and then, like, after the game, McDaniel, he, like, Goes to the locker room and after a beatdown like that, you know, you like think the coach is going to say, enjoy this one, you know, like we'll rinse off. He said, like, he said, he said this. He was like, uh, how did he word it? He was like, we're going to watch this film and we're going to enjoy this film, but we're going to find things that we can still improve on. He's going to, he said, like, you know, we're going to find X, Y, and Z should have done this here and done this here and we're going to improve from there. And it's like, this guy is trying to put a hundred on somebody. This guy's really oh, trying. The old Bill Snyder. The old yeah. Bill Snyder type beat. Um, again, I don't really care about how Miami played, or and obviously I care a little bit more about how KC played. I need, I need to watch this Broncos and Bears game, and I hope I can watch it in Nashville. If the Broncos beat the Bears, is this where Fields just like folds like a lawn chair and just says, "I'm done"? What do you even do with Fields at this point? Like, you trade him to get a. You trade him to get like assets. You almost, you almost have to trade him now, right? 
Because, like, if he just stinks the whole rest of this, I mean, you're kind of playing a weird game. Like, if you trade him after four weeks, like, you're selling him probably about, at, you're selling low on him. But, I mean, if he stinks the whole season, like, nobody's. Well, that him. offense isn't helping him. There, There's no, like, progression there's no there's no motions to change the defensive like to read if it's a man or zone you know what if he was cheap do you think the uh falcons would trade for him like if they could get him for like a third round pick oh yeah absolutely like is that arthur smith's like wet dream like watching justin fields like hand off to Bijan and tyler Algier like 50 times and then overthrow Kyle Pitts. Kyle Pitts is just in a nightmare. He's hell. He's in fucking hell. He's in tight end purgatory right now. I hate it. I I hate I hate how much hell he's in. But like you'll see him run like a deep over and like just fucking burn someone and then like Desmond Ritter's dumbass fucking overthrows him by five yards. The worst thing that would happen is if Fields ever gets benched and their backup Tyson Bagnett, which is a D two quarterback from Shepherd University, even uh, the backup though, I thought the Nathan he is like no Nathan Peterman was cut and is like signed to the practice squad or something. Oh, okay. um, but if Tyson Bagnett comes in and like somehow just like dude outproduces you know thing, if he fucking came in and won like two games or something. And then, like, the Cardinals lost all the rest of their fucking games. That probably won't happen. The Cardinals have actually looked, like, fairly competent. They don't look I bad. Don't know, I don't know exactly who would, like, you know, go one and whatever. I'm, I'm not sure who that would be as a team. But I'm just saying, like, could you only fucking imagine if, like, he came in and, like, won two games and, like, cost the Bears Caleb Williams? Oh, my God. Or like, uh, yeah, like Minnesota ought to squeak out like three or four wins this year, up to at least six. They got to win at least six. If I was Minnesota, I kid you not, I would be trading Kirk Cousins immediately. Shipping him off to Boston. Dude, this is like a complete, like, I'm here, like, I have Justin Jefferson in my room. I have, um, O'Connell in my room, and I have the GM in my room, and it's a it's an understanding that we're going to pay Justin Jefferson using whatever we get back from Kirk Cousins' extension, and we are here to lose every fucking game. You get a rookie quarterback on a rookie contract, and we are here to draft Caleb Williams, and we're losing the rest of the games. But this is this is NFL, not not fantasy. You know, it's. That's not how it's going to work, unfortunately. But what if it was? <laughs> then that'd be kind of... Imagine if Marvin Harrison Jr. and like Caleb Williams ended up in Chicago. That would just be hell. Oh, my God. Like, Chicago would just ruin both those guys. Maybe not Marvin Harrison Jr., but, like, just ruined. Hey, hey our boy J-Rob's back. Hey, what are your thoughts on uh, Denver and Chicago? Good talk. <laughs> My headset wasn't on if you said that oh, to me. Sorry. Okay. What are your thoughts on Denver and Chicago? That game is going to be phenomenal. <laughs> That's all I have to say. I, I really wish they'd flex. I, I would actively trade Casey's Sunday night game 
before that game can be on Sunday night. No, the it needs to be on Thursday night. Like uh, we need to keep the long-standing tradition of Thursday night football being absolutely atrocious. I I genuinely have said that Thursday night football should be like flat. It should be like we should not have like scheduled out Thursday night football. Like we should decide it like a month in advance, so that way we can get games like this on Thursday night. <laughs> like. I would watch this game because it's going to be a complete disaster. And that's what I want to watch. Yeah. It'd be funny. It's like, uh, it, when, when a movable force meets, a <laughs> stoppable or whatever it is, you know, the opposite yeah. of the actual phrase. It's a <laughs> when a stoppable force meets a movable object, it's like, uh, but like, I don't know. I mean, I think, I mean, I think interestingly, let's see, I made, so I make the lines every week. See what I made that line. I made that line Denver, Denver minus four, and I think it ended up uh, like under three there. So, like, I think I still think Denver. Like, I actually don't think Denver's offense has been bad, and especially without Judy, I think that's kind of encouraging for them. But their defense has severely, severely under under uh, performed, um, especially see, last week. But did you see that? Uh, two things. Did you see the picture? Of uh, I think it was a- HN like running through Denver's defense, and there was like six dudes on the ground. Literally looked, it literally looked like one. Someone photoshopped it because it was so ridiculous. <laughs> and two, it literally looked like when you were mad, like when you're playing your brother in Madden, and you want to just put more points on, so you just hit like B and X or whatever for your players to die. Like that's what it looked like. And then. The other thing was there was a clip of Kareem Jackson playing safety on like a goal line run, and he literally moved like maybe one foot forward, and the play was right at him, and he just did not give a shit. Yeah, it it felt like uh, it was like what's his name McDaniel just was like I'm gonna have no mercy this game. I'm gonna he just kept telling himself that the whole game, and then like once he was like, oh shit, we're actually about to set a record and really yeah. embarrass these dudes. He's like, uh, you know what? I probably shouldn't do that. <laughs> it's like, he didn't realize it until the very end. Like, he what was do like, you think? Ah. What do you think him and Sean Payton said at midfield? Like I have, like, do you think McDaniel went up to Sean Payton says my dick is bigger than yours? Like <laughs> he actually said, something. I mean, you have, you have to just say a good game. Like hey, nice try get him next week. So I was at Kansas Westland when we put 98 up on friends and, That's and friends university of central Kansas. Yeah. Friends university of central Kansas. And Jesus. We had 69 at halftime and nice. And it's one of those where just like you walk past the other team and they're like more impressed than you are <laughs> like they're like damn you guys put up 98 on us like holy shit but that's not the case for denver because like garrett bulls is like in the locker room is like i've been here for seven years and all i've done is lost <laughs> <laughs> that that quote was insane <laughs> it's so sad like you have to just feel nothing and then i feel like i feel like wilson's got to be in that locker room like we got this guys come on guys we just we're just a couple more plays away <laughs> it's like no <laughs> dude like the thing is I, so I've never experienced it that way because like, but I've experienced it the other way where like you give up 10 points and you lose a game. Yeah. And like, like Denver's offense after that game has to just be like, I mean, we didn't play bad. Like we didn't play perfect. There's they you never think played perfect. Yeah. But like, 
they're like, we didn't play bad. It's just like our defense can't stop a nosebleed. So like, what are we supposed to do? And it's like, it's very tough. Like that stuff can de- definitely tear apart our locker room. Cause I was like, I've definitely had games like that where it's like the other way where it's like you allow 10 points. It's like your offense really can't score 11 points to win you the game. Like, and you just get mad. You're like, I mean, just put me out there. Like, I, I'll, like, I mean, at this point, just do something else. Cause like, there's no way that it should be that easy. And it was like the first Tyree kill touchdown. You're like, okay, man, busted coverage. Like dude got deep. And then you're like, okay, Devin Achain has played three snaps this season. And now he's going for 303. Like, what are we doing? The dude's like five foot six, 122 pounds. Like what's happening. And he is the starting running back for project mayhem. Dude, him and Raheem Mostert, I'm pretty sure both went for 40 points in fantasy this week. Like, in yeah. standard, not even PPR, just standard points. They both got like 40. So, so yeah, they leads- didn't catch any passes. It was all just touchdowns. Yeah. Like, so oh, it leads. It leads to the question: What is the score of this game? Oh, whatever. What? Like, it doesn't matter. Like, Vegas can, like, physically cannot set the line low enough. Like, <laughs> I'm shocked. I am shocked Vegas is allowing this as a bet. I am Dude, really the thing shocked. Is, the thing is, like, I almost just want to bet the over. Because, like, the, the, the offenses might be kind of bad, but, like, aren't the defenses just worse? The defenses are bad. Dude, this is one of those games where, like, this game, I kid you not, literally could be that Rams-Chiefs Monday Night Football game. Like, that's how little defense gets played. Like, this could literally just be, like, Baker versus Mahomes in the Big 12. It's going to be, like, 45 to, like, 42. Or, like, both offenses just fall apart because both quarterbacks are just turning into pumpkins, and it's, like, 10 to 7. So, I don't know if Beans actually has this guy, but, like, it seems like a guy Beans would have. So, like... This is going to be Chase Claypool's redemption. Like, he's just going to go for, like, oh, seven. Maple Tron. Maple Tron's revenge game. He's coming out, like, he's going, he's going, like, set, he's going, like, nine, 180, and three this game. Like, dude, mark the crazy down. thing is, is what's going to happen is Claypool is, dude, Claypool is going to recapture that magic. He's going to have, like, like you said, nine, like, 102 TDs. And they're going to be, like all the TikTok people would be like, "Fuck it, Claypool highlights. What a fucking beast!" <laughs> well, who's covering? Who's covering like, Claypool? No, Kareem Bug Claypool, bro. <laughs> it's one of either Kareem Jackson or Justin Simmons to be covering him. Oh, Jesus. You, you know what's sad? What What's actually sad is that like Sertan. I think the start of the season was was like objectively really bad for Sauce Gardner, even through camp. Like. Dude got mossed by Jason Brownlee, who like hasn't played a single snap in camp, and that went all over Twitter. And then like the first three weeks, like he hasn't been the same sauce as last year, which is like you expect that. Like corners yeah. usually regress. But, like, yeah, but Sertan had a real opportunity to be like stake. I'm gonna stake my claim in the dirt for being the CB one. And like honestly, like who's the best cornerback in the NFL right now? And no one knows. Like I think McDuffie, yeah. I think McDuffie has ran away with it. Like for year two, like cornerback i think he's ran away as like i am the better corner of this class yeah. honestly but it's just it's just sad because like i was like when i saw how sauce was playing the first two weeks and like don't get me bad he wasn't he was don't get me wrong he wasn't bad but like he wasn't up to his standard that he set last year and uh, like um i was like sertan has a real chance to like be like hey i have a real argument for being cb1 and then he just gets absolutely destroyed by like River Craycraft, Braxton Berrios, and Chosen Anderson. Like, wh- what are we doing here? 
well, they were already talking like, should we extend this guy now? Like he is like the, a good enough corner to be extended. Like there were serious talks about that. Now, after that, you don't know if it's true or not. <laughs> like, I don't know. And Dick, I, I, Dick also I, got me though. I don't know who the hell is the best quarter in the league right now. Yeah, I mean it's it's crazy. Like no one has really stood up. I mean, there haven't been any dominant. I mean, with Ramsey being hurt, I mean, I, it it almost is. It's probably is someone on the Chiefs. Um, Chiefs like it might be McDuffie. Uh, it might be McDuffie, like or Sneed, but Sneed kind of—he's just more of a tackler than anything. Um, I mean, I'm just trying to think of players on good defenses. Like the only, like Marshawn Lattimore, Denzel Ward, like the only two people who are coming to mind that are have been good corners and are on good defenses. Yeah, I mean Ward. Yeah, that that Cleveland D's been crazy, but it's been mostly pass rush. So like, yeah. I legitimately but, couldn't tell you. Let's see what PFF has. Their highest coverage grade is McDuffie, actually. So. Well, there you go. McDuffie, cornerback one, baby. Yeah, so it's it's interesting. I mean, like I said, it's kind of crazy. It's like offenses haven't looked that good this year, but there's been no great corners like um, that you've been really scared of. So that's kind of interesting. I think with this final score, I think it's going to be like 21 to like 10. I think Denver is going to pull away with it just because I don't know. The Bears just look terrible they just look horrible there's no offense it's too simple there it's too easy to read fields can't read a defense to save his life and uh yeah i think i think broncos just get this one and i so my boss is a broncos fan and our gm is a bears fan and like both of them lament how bad these teams are and i am trying to think of what I'm going to pick this game for like the funniest option, right? Like, I don't like, I'm not going to pick who I think is going to win. If you really want to, I, I think Denver will win, but I think it'd be way funnier if Chicago won because Chicago has way more problems than Denver. And plus, like, LOL Broncos. The real question is, like, are we mentally prepared for the Chiefs to lose to the Broncos at home? Because, stop. Bro, we lost like, to the Colts last year. We lost to the Colts last year. Like, we've already got our we've already got our one loss in. Yeah, we did, but it was the Lions are like actually a, a playoff team. Like you know, we have True. to lose to one of the bottom feeders, so it's got to be we're gonna like lose to the Broncos at home or something. It's either oh them or God. Vegas. Can you, imagine, can you imagine if we lost on Sunday Night Football to Zach Wilson this week? Oh, brother! <laughs> that would which be- would you rather lose to the Zach Wilson, Jimmy Garoppolo, or Russell Wilson? I would rather. I mean, I can like. The thing is, is like if Denver beats us, like I can just rationalize it of uh, blind squirrel nut or clock wrong or broken clock right twice a day. Yeah. I'm going to pick the Bears. Honestly, I think this game is going to be hilarious. I think it's going to be like 38 to 35. Just Oh, my God. I, I hey, Chase Claypool, average level of effort over under 45%. That's all I want to know. Under, under. But he's going to go 100% for about like five plays, and that's going to be his Randy Moss moment. I love it. I uh, I used to be able to trade that guy for a first-round pick, and now he's just on my roster as kind of a mascot. Him and Rondo Moore. So, Sam, are you ready for this week's 
Landlocks. Oh boy, I forgot we were doing landlocks. I can't do the. I'll, I'll do the bet afterwards since we're using my phone for this. Actually, so land went uh two zero and one last week. Yeah. Um. Actually, and what I also figured out is that on BetMGM, if you like have a leg that pushes, they just kick it out of the parlay and you get the rest. So I made money last week. All right, you ready for this week's land locks? What is your what's Land's first lock? He's got Utah plus three and a half. Who's Utah playing? I didn't researching that right now. What do you mean you didn't research it? I didn't research it. What conference are they in? Uh what well, that depends. This year or next year? This year. Pac twelve, brother. They should have rising uh, back this week, right? So I actually do so through my efforts to keep up with college football realignment, I actually did follow a guy who is like a Utah and BYU like guy from Utah. And I have read stuff that like they are basically just splitting snaps down the middle like this week. Um so, Utah is going against Oregon State. What that? At Oregon State. Ooh, like bad line. Seems like a bad line to me. Yeah, that's what that's what that's what the landlocks say. It's uh, a landlock, but it can't be a landlock because it's on the West Coast. Boo. Uh, I had to think about that one. Uh, the number two landlock for Jay Land is Georgia minus fourteen and a half at Auburn. Hugh Freeze didn't remember how many years it took Kirby Smart to make it to the national championship game, and then when he did find out, was very impressed. <laughs> <laughs> I believe it was, oh, what did it take him, like three, four years? And then someone was like, two, and he was like, whew, wow, okay. <laughs> so, uh, I don't know, 14 and a half seems like kind of a tough line. I always hate... I always hate like 14 and a half or like uh, three and a half or seven and a half. It always just it always just feels to me like you're about to get trapped by a, a Georgia win by 14. Especially for teams like Georgia, that's like their offense can be explosive. Don't get me wrong, but like it feels like the way Georgia wins. Like, I don't know. Like if you don't watch Georgia every week, it just feels like they win every game. Time to zero or like that. That's like just what I feel. I don't they don't have like a good like quarter, like uh, well, good enough quarterback this year. Like I just, yeah, I just feel like that's just, I don't know. They, they just don't feel the same. It's kind, they're kind of icky. They're just, they're just icky this year. I don't know. By the way, like, is Washington just like the best team in the country? They seem to be like, the most bro. Team if you want easy bets, uh, bet on Caleb Williams and whatever line it is. And then uh, whatever their wide receiver is, just bet the over on yards. Like, holy shit. Like that's easy money. Dude. Penix has been insane. He's been. Yeah. On godly. Perfect. Yeah. I, I, I just want to watch Washington play Oregon and, and USC. Like I, I don't care about much else. We, like that's only games I want to see. We haven't had Washington versus Washington state yet. Have we? No, uh, they usually play that last week of the season. That's going to that be a game, good game. That's low key going to be a good if game. That game's if that game is in Pullman. Oh, or Pullman, that is going to be an 
ugly ass game. <laughs> Dude, that Cam Ward quarterback, he's looking pretty solid. I like him. The general is good outside of Stanford and Cal. Those and Arizona, honestly, and Arizona State. Uh, number I'll three, though. The the third landlock is <laughs> Baylor versus UCF over fifty five. Was Baylor just going to give up fifty six? <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, I don't. Do we get Plumley back? He, I would, I don't know what they said. He was like practicing, but who knows? But like, I don't know. Baylor's so bad. I always get scared of get of, of over unders that big when it's like not both teams can push it. Like I don't, I don't feel confident about Baylor even putting up twenty at this point. They look, they just look horrible. Yeah, dude. I will say, Land is like going with Big Twelve overs, and he's he's riding the wave of Oklahoma State. Iowa State at thirty six and a half last week. That, there's a big difference between thirty. There's there's a big difference between thirty six and a half and well, fifty five. Again, this is really more of me just saying they always put up thirty six and a half. <laughs> that was so. Thirty six is literally like eighteen points per team. That's. It's like Iowa versus Iowa at that point. <laughs> By the way, Brian Ferentz is like in trouble. Speaking of Iowa, oh boy, they scored zero points against Penn State. They're going to have to put up like 30 points a game for him to save his job. Oh man. All right, Beans, read out the landlocks one more time and I'll put it, put it into a parlay and probably go over 3. Uh, Utah plus three and a half, Georgia minus 14 and a half, and Baylor versus UCF over a 55. All right, ladies and germs, that been your very controversial landlocks this week. Let's see if we can get a winner. A wiener, a wiener. Got, I got, I got, I just found a stat on Twitter that's disgusting. <laughs> Let's hear it. Okay, so since Taylor Swift showed up to the Chiefs Bears game. Travis Kelsey jersey sales have had a 400% spike. <laughs> yes. Their podcast is number one on uh, overall on Apple, not just the sports gallery, <laughs> overall. Oh, no. <laughs> yes. Kelsey, Kelsey has added 383,000 Instagram followers. <laughs> 24.3 million viewers watched. It was the number, game, number one game. 63% jump in female viewers age 18 to 49. Three... 300% increase in Chiefs searches on the on the internet. 300% increase in Chiefs sales on StubHub. And the Chiefs sold Dude. more tickets in a single day since the start of the season. That like then the entire start of the season. The Swifties The Swifties came in full force this game, man. They are like I am fully confident that if Taylor Swift ran for president, like she would win just off of voters of fandom alone. Like yeah. Hands down. It's the, the funniest thing, there's like, obviously there's a ton of memes, I'm sure you guys have seen it, but like the funniest ones I've seen is like uh, <laughs> Taylor Swift fans are going to be like screaming at Andy Reid for kicking a field goal on fourth down within two weeks. Like they're just like going to go nuts. They're going to get so deep into football analytics that they're just going to be screaming. Like they're going to be, they're going to know exactly what route Kelsey should run against cover two cloud week. <laughs> like just like calling it out before the play. It's like, they commit, they commit. <laughs> My my favorite one has been like you know there's that like it, it's it's basically a shit post now where like they're explaining like how like downs work essentially 
and someone's like, just wait till they find out about like running backs not mattering or like. <laughs> You're gonna be calling for Clyde Ed- Clyde's head check on his head. He's like, why is Kelsey's A dot so low? Uh, I think one of the other funniest things I saw was does anyone remember that fight that Travis Kelsey got in, like a training camp? Oh yeah, yeah, with a uh, Cochran. There yeah. Was, there's one tweet tweet that, that got passed around and it's literally like Red flag, like the red flag emoji, trigger warning, and it's like Taylor's boyfriend Travis Kelsey gets an altercation. I'm not sure that Taylor should be seeing someone who is so easily like riled and so quick to putting his hands on someone. And it's like you've never watched football. <laughs> uh, what was the other one I saw? There was, there's been so, dude. My timeline has been nothing but Taylor Swift. Travis Kelsey and like Kevin James memes. Like I, I, I don't know what. Like, Where did that Kevin James meme even come from? I don't know, but it's I'm I don't know. It's so funny now. Um, and then like I love like the conspiracies, like not conspiracies, but like there's like a bunch of like people that like they're okay. Believe it or not, there's like crowds that like follow Taylor Swift for a living and then like report the news on like what she's done. Yes, and I've so like weird. And so, like, like Travis Kelsey's like suit he wore into the game or denim jacket, whatever it was called, nineteen eighty nine blue or something like that. It's like they do more investigating into this than like think of how much money they could make if they just like applied this to like a real job. I don't know. Um, there was another thing I saw like uh, on jersey sales for NFL players, like his four hundred percent increase in jersey sales equate to like. Jersey sales in the NFL don't mean shit. It's so funny. That doesn't matter because he's making every time you see him on a commercial or whoever it is. Yeah. But the other crazy one I saw was like some gal like put their astrology signs together and was Mm -hmm. like talking about like, you know, all this astrology shit. And then someone put that next to like a fantasy football like graph for like efficiencies, and it was like maybe we're not that different. <laughs> Dude, okay, I, I actually have a horrible story about this. So hilariously, randomly met this girl that goes to K State through like a friend that I met playing a video game online, mm. and she's just like astrology nerd. So like she was about to go on a date and she was like reading off his astrology graph. So I have seen that circle chart that they posted before. <laughs> when I when I woke up this morning and opened Twitter, it was the first thing I saw, and I instantly met her. I was like, I hate you. And I know what this is. That I've seen this before because you just ruined my life. Like the fact that I even know. And I was like, this is just awful. But yeah, it's like they put that next to like the Matt Harbin reception perception chart. And they're like, oh, yeah, it's coming. It's coming. They're going to be destroying all your fantasy leagues. Like, listen, we're not opening up the Dynasty League to any Swifties. Because if we do, we are doomed. I'm telling you. Done. We're going to win. Maybe Travis is a Swiftie. Maybe that's why he's so good. But, oh, God. Uh, I have no comment. I, I, I have as many championships as that guy. Let's just put it that way. I, I do as well, J-Rob. And I also have only four wins still because I can't win a fucking game. Yeah, I'm going to need you to do that, which 
I, I, I don't know where you guys were when I left, but if we want to transition to fantasy football, I just want to ask one simple question. Yeah. How in the world did you convince this beans guy to trade you a first round pick? Cause this guy swears like every first round pick is B. John Robinson. I swear like he could have the 1.12 and then he swears it's B. John Robinson. I swear <laughs> did, to God. Hey, wait, has, has B. John Robinson had 49 fantasy points yet? A chain did. I just want to say, um, this week's loss for me was the worst loss I've ever had. And I got a singular touchdown from Dak this week. I hate it. I mean, I, I had a great week. I put up 8.3, is a little bit above my projection. I was pretty sad that Gabbert came in and threw two picks to get the Bears back to even. Um, it was unfortunate. I. I genuinely, I look at my roster and I'm just like, oh man, yeah, like I can compete. And then like, we just don't. <laughs> Dude, you know, I, I actually, that today I like clicked on your team. I was like, how is he 0-3? And then I, I don't know. It, and I was it like, doesn't... but actually, how is he 0-3? <laughs> it doesn't make any sense. I know. Like last Dude. week was an anomaly. Like you have just bad games. Like we put up 63, like it happens. But like I scored 120 last week. And There's not much like more. There's not much more you can do after that. <laughs> like, what the fuck? All right, beans. Shall we do a thought-provoking moment, or shall we sign out? All right. So my thought-provoking moment of the week is: is the only way to eat a burrito backwards is eating it sideways. No. Okay, so are we talking about a Chipotle burrito? Yeah, like you're eating a burrito is the only way to eat it backwards is to eat it sideways. Is like that's the only backwards way to eat it? Here's the question. Personal question. When you eat a Chipotle burrito, do you completely unwrap it or do you unwrap half and leave the, the foil on the other side? Wait. Oh, so like you take the whole foil off? Right. Uh, the, whole, the whole thing is out for me. Well, it okay. depends. Am I on the go or am I at the table? Yes. Well, if I'm at the table, like I'm unfo- I'm unfolding everything. Like if I'm on the go, then it's got to like stay, you know, like together. So like, I would argue that if it's in the foil, then eating it backwards, eating <laughs> through the foil. <laughs> Here's what I'm going to say. Um, I could never, ever, ever not eat the sour cream end of my burrito last. So I guess if I ever eat the sour cream end first, uh, it was backwards, apparently. The sour cream end? Dude, like every burrito I've ever had that has sour cream on it is folded up, and one side has all the sour cream, and the other side has no sour cream. That's that sounds every like every time. That sounds like that Chipotle or Taco Bell worker was lazy. But yeah, you got to spread it with the spoon all over. Yeah, like do the yeah, little. Yeah, but then I got to like unwrap the burrito, and I'm not skilled. I don't. My hands are bad. I can't, you know, fucking, you know, wrap a burrito like that. All right, Kadarius. Yeah, <laughs> I know. I got Kadarius hands. I got bricks <laughs> for hands. Calling his hands bricks is, you know, a compliment. Honestly, <laughs> at least he, at least he can do stuff with bricks. He can build houses and like structures and stuff. Yeah, I, know. I know you're not building shit with Kadarius hands. <laughs> Yeah, well, no, like, and then he's probably oh, unlucky. 
I, I would agree with the sentiment that uh, eating it backward, eating it, it, I don't even know if you can eat a burrito backwards. I would just say you're eating it like wrong if you're eating from the side. I'd say you're eating it backwards then. Fair enough. I mean, I, I think I need to test this for science before I answer the question. We there need you to go. try eating it from the side first. Same thing from a hot dog. You, you, you know, like a hot dog is the same thought, you know, same concept, you know, eat it down the middle. That's backwards. Yeah. But okay. like, you have to but like one last thing. I don't know. Neither of you guys were at the K-State game this last week, right? No. Dude, okay. I got – so K-State this year has been doing, like, this, like, team challenge thing to get, like, a seat upgrade. Yeah. So, like, first one was, like, oh, like, we have these frozen T-shirts that you have to, like, you know, like, bang on the ground and get undone and, like, put on or whatever. And this last one, so first of all, think about this. This is the first reaction to a person from people from Florida coming to the Big 12 Conference to see K-State. Because this happened in like the first quarter. They had a fucking corn on the cob eating contest. Oh, I love it. Except there was only one piece of corn that lasted like two minutes to see you could eat their corn the fastest. And so people are just like fucking, you know spinning it like a fucking typewriter like going zink 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 and i'm just sitting there like i'm really at this game with a bunch of people who have no idea about the midwest because they're from florida and every stereotype they've ever heard is coming true right in front of their eyes because we're having a bunch of fucking farmers (laughs) eat corn for a seat upgrade it was gross. As, it was gross, and it was embarrassing. Well, how many UCF fans were there? Like, give me a percentage. Quite a few. Quite it, was a like few? A normal, it was like a normal one. Okay. Full waiting game. Yeah. But uh, yes. So, corn on the cob, eating it, you know, like a backwards hot dog, apparently. I love it. And with that, I think it's time to conclude the show. My phone is starting to die. And so I think it's a very good time to thank J-Rob again for joining us for a second time today. He got fueled up for dinner and was ready to talk some final countdown of the show. So everyone give it up for J-Rob as he fills in for Gavin. J-Rob, we're going to have to negotiate your contract at the end of the show. We'll be in, we'll let our people get a hold of your people. We'll talk this through. Uh, we'll yeah, meet I'll, it, we'll I'll meet get it. a couple giant fans for next time so I give the full Gavin experience. It'll be great. <laughs> Oh, man, that was so bad. (laughs) Again, everyone who listened today, thank you so much for your time. If you would like to see more content like this, go to underscore underscore F3S on Twitter. That is underscore underscore F3S on Twitter and or X. You can also buy merchandise by clicking the link in the description. We'd love it for you to share this podcast on Apple Pod or Spotify if you enjoyed it could recommend to a friend and then they could tell a friend and eventually you tell three friends. Thank you again to beans and J Rob for joining us today. And we hope everyone has a great rest of their whatever day it is today. Thanks again for listening and we'll see you next time. J Rob will a pack of bubble gum. Do it for you. Um, yeah, a four, yeah. a four year pack of bubble gum a year. He give you a first round pick. He has like, yeah, say He's going to give me the first round pick that he he vacated to me and then gave back. <laughs> <laughs>